What if I just record on like a cassette tape and mail it to you? Oh, that would be so awesome and retro. I really like the sound fidelity that you get out of tape. It's awesome. It's only the finest mono. <laughs> it's only the finest hiss. Oh, anyway. Hello, alleged human, and welcome to the Chaos Lever podcast. My name is Ned, and I'm definitely not a robot. I am not a poor simulacrum of sentience walking around cluelessly with total disregard for the other meat popsicles around me. That's what politicians are for. Ha <laughs> ha. See, I have to be human. I've got jokes and I use contractions. With me is Chris, who's also here. Hi, Chris. How is it going? Oh, crap. It is well. Thank you. So I there's a series of books that I've been reading to my youngest that she really likes. They're called Fancy Nancy. It's about a young girl, second grade-ish, who loves all things fancy. But I've noticed that within the books, it tends to have almost no contractions. Everybody like says, they don't say, I'll see. They say, I will see. And when I read it out loud, I feel a little bit like a robot. It's, yeah. Do they do that on purpose? Is that because children don't understand contractions yet? I think it has something to do with that. Children are dumb. <sighs> totally. I'd love to say they get smarter with age, but <laughs> look at us. <laughs> Zing. Well done. Thanks. Well, you know, just trying to get to it before you do. <sighs> First time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. It's <laughs> what the people are here for. Certainly not for this nonsense that we're going to talk about, which is... Sam Altman and OpenAI. Drama! So much drama. Like, it's pretty unavoidable, right? I'm sure our listeners have heard some variation of what happened with OpenAI. Microsoft, Sam Altman, and the board that oversees OpenAI. I thought there's a lot of interesting angles we could take on it, but I've seen a lot of those angles from more reputable sources than uh, this humble podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... I thought to myself, what can chaos liver bring to the table? Naturally, the answer is to talk about corporate structures and ignore technology entirely, right? That's what we focus on. Corporate strategy. Better than talking about the NBA. <laughs> of course. They put the baskets in the hoops to make the field goals. Four points. <laughs> I wish everybody could see your head like swelling to explode. Because it's very amusing to me. Well, at least someone's happy. Is there a sport where you can actually score four points as like a standard amount? Because it seems like a point value that is generally ignored. Well, there used to be the NBA, uh, the no, not NBA. MTV had their league where you could shoot a four point shot. What? You know, it's from like half court or some crazy thing. All right. I'm canceling the rest of this podcast. We need to dig into this MTV Basketball? Th was it a basketball thing? Yeah. Wait, yes, wait. No, it was tennis. Of course oh, it was basketball. God. I was having a vision, and, and tell me if this is right. It was, there was more than one hoop. And one was like way higher than the other one. And if you shot it into that hoop, you got four points. Is that right? Am I remembering this? No, I think you made all of that up. <laughs> You're hallucinating. Get back on track. <laughs> oh, I'm hallucinating like an AI, huh? Huh? I brought it back around. It's great. We're good. I suppose we should start with a tiny bit of context for anybody who hasn't been paying rapt attention to the, uh, I would say, one of the weirder corporate meltdowns of the century. So here's a quick timeline 
courtesy of a company called Vengage, which I have no idea what Vengage actually does, but they do make a handy timeline graphic. So good for that. They engage with Venn diagrams. I don't know. Anyway, so here's the just the general overview of what happened on November 6th. OpenAI held their Dev Day Showcase, and they featured a whole bunch of new things. And CEO Sam Altman was out in front talking about all the cool new features coming to the OpenAI platforms. And then three days later, on November 9th, Microsoft cut off employee access to OpenAI for unknown reasons. And then almost a week later, on November 15th, OpenAI froze new chat GPT signups. I didn't know about this because I guess I already had an account, but that happened. And then on November 17th, uh, Sam Altman was fired by the OpenAI board. Greg Brockman, who was the chairman of the board, resigned. And a blog post was published saying that Sam was being fired for being inconsistently candid with his communications with the board. So he was not consistently candid. He wasn't always telling them the full truth or something. Apparently, this is not the first time they've tried to oust him from OpenAI. And we'll we'll talk about that when we get to the uh, point at which Microsoft became heavily invested in OpenAI. Okay, so November 17th, they fire Sam Altman. November 18th, Greg Brockman, who was the chairman of the board, says Altman was fired via Google Meet. Ouch. Oof, that is particularly insulting. I know. <laughs> and it was done. At least it wasn't Chime, I guess. Oh, oh, we all respect ourselves, OK? Yeah, that's a fight in my neighborhood. <laughs> oh, so he was fired via Google Meet. No prior warning. No heads up. No, like disciplinary thing just like hi welcome to google meet so you're fired and he was like well at least i get to get off of google meet and then mia morali was appointed as the interim ceo and then the next day november 19th altman mentions that he is creating a new ai startup because of course he is and Microsoft announces that they're going to hire Altman and Brockman to lead a new AI research division. And this was all via Twitter, which I refuse to call X, so don't ask me to. These are all tweets on Twitter. So this whole thing is happening in real time on a platform that we all now hate. And Satya Nadella's post in particular was really interesting because he first talked about how they were going to continue their relationship with OpenAI and how they were going to make use of that partnership to develop new products and services. And then in the second paragraph, he goes, oh, and by the way, we are bringing Altman and Brockman in-house to lead a new AI research division. It's like, what? okay, <laughs> sure. The next day, November 20th, Emmett Shear of Twitch is announced as the new CEO of OpenAI. And while that's happening, 500 employees of OpenAI Bearing in mind, OpenAI only has about 750, 770 employees total. 500 of them signed an open letter threatening to quit if Sam Altman is not reinstated as CEO and also demanding that the board be summarily removed. November 21st, 
OpenAI releases a statement that they have a deal to bring Sam Altman back on as CEO and replace the majority of the existing board directors. And on November 22nd, Altman is CEO again, less than a week after being fired. And of course, Thanksgiving is all happening during this as well. Right. So that all sounds like a lot. And it is important to remember that that was six days. Yeah. <laughs> that is the like amount of corporate intrigue that happens over months. It's enough intrigue for like a whole year. And we got it over a week while everybody was on some sort of holiday in the U.S. So that should have slowed things down. But it just meant that everybody was trying to ignore their weird uncle and hitting refresh on whatever social media platform they were following this on. Blue Sky, obviously. Obviously. No, it's Friendster. Everybody knows that Friendster's <laughs> back. <laughs> Everything from the early 2000s is back. Okay. Oh, so basically within a week, the CEO of one of the most prominent companies was fired by the board of directors, offered a job by Microsoft, then offered his job back and the board of directors was essentially replaced. And it's here I'd like to note that CEOs, board members and everyone else that you meet is basically a normal human being with all the messiness that that entails. Now, not to go on too much of a tangent, but um, I've had a lot of coffee this morning and you listeners know what you signed up for. So here we go. One of the reasons I think people turn to conspiracy theories is that the world is a scary, chaotic and very messy place. No one is actually in control. And those who are ostensibly in charge are not really all that different from you and I. They are not some like hyper competent, all knowing super beings with unfathomable insight into the human condition. All those dramas that you watch where there's always like the super genius who can like glance at a crime scene and piece 26 things together. Yeah, that person doesn't exist. And they're certainly not in charge of the government. Correct. And as a matter of fact, the idea of those people is no much is no different than the idea of a psychic helping the police. Somebody has some kind of secret arcane knowledge that is going to solve the problems of fill in the blank. Exactly. And the reality is they're wrong 95 percent of the time. Yes. And if you look into some of the forensics and I'm putting this in big air quotes, some of the forensics fields that are out there, like looking at blood splatter patterns or bite marks or stuff. All of that is so subjective as to be completely useless. Dexter is not a documentary. <laughs> no, it's not. Andrea and I have been watching numbers again uh, recently. And while I really enjoy the show, there's a lot of bullshit in there, <laughs> which is fine because it's a show, right? This is not reality, right? But I think the fact that the universe is really messy and chaotic and no one is, is in charge is deeply unsettling to some people. And it's much cozier for them to think that there's some secret cabal of Illuminati-like folks who secretly control everything. At least then someone is in charge. And I'll even go further to say that the decline of religion probably has something to do with the rise of conspiracy minded folks, because if, say, God or gods are not in charge of everything, then surely someone else is running things. This can't all possibly be managed by us, right? I mean, look at us. We can't even figure out where to go for lunch. Well, that's nonsense. It's obviously tacos. Well, I, it's a straw man argument. Anyway, the bad news, I'm afraid, is that no one actually is in charge. 
We're all just blundering around inventing weird things like money, corporate law, and artificial intelligence. In fact, the whole artificial generalized intelligence holy grail kind of fits in nicely with our collective desire to have something smarter than us in charge. Isn't that the goal of AGI? To make something stupefyingly intelligent so it can just run shit for us. Until it eventually decides to exterminate all of humanity, which it will. Fun. Oh wait, that actually brings me back to OpenAI. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I successfully navigated my tangent, brought us back on track. So when OpenAI was founded back in 2015, it was with Sam Altman, Elon Musk, Greg Brockman, Reid Hoffman, Jessica Livingston, and Peter Thiel. You might recognize Elon Muck, who I accidentally typed as Muck twice, and you know what? I think I'm going to leave that one in. And uh, you may also recognize Peter Thiel as weirdo billionaires with distinctly strange and poisonous worldviews. One of those things that they're worried about is artificial general intelligence and how it could potentially exterminate all of humanity. And while eight years ago, they were still complete assholes, um, just like the metaphorical stopped clock, they were certainly right about AGI. So OpenAI's express mission when they were founded was to build safe and beneficial artificial general intelligence for the benefit of humanity. That is in their corporate charter. If you go to their website, it's right there. And so rather than starting out as a for-profit startup, they instead became a 501c3 nonprofit corporate entity to avoid being encumbered by profit incentives. Very lofty, high-minded, academic individuals, if you will. Also known as people with no real connection to reality. <laughs> Just saying. The thing about AI is that it costs a lot of money to do research. We've previously done episodes about AI infrastructure and how mind-bendingly expensive NVIDIA gear is, and only getting more expensive. OpenAI was founded without a product, and they planned to rely entirely on donations to do their research. Normally, this is the sort of thing that would be a public works project funded by a government or like a research project at a big university that relied on government grants or other institutional funding in the form of grants. But like the billionaire weirdos that founded OpenAI don't trust the government, despite the fact that companies like SpaceX and Tesla are largely subsidized by governments, which... Careful. All right, I'm not going to go on that tangent, but we could. <sighs> Let's stick with OpenAI. So for a while, they were able to just skate by with donations that largely came from Elon Musk. But after a falling out with the Muskinator, OpenAI's main funding source dried up and they needed another way to bring in the massive amounts of capital that are required to function. And so they created a new corporate subsidiary that was for profit. But that new entity was super weird. And here's how. So the OpenAI nonprofit entity and its board of directors would be in charge of this new for-profit subsidiary. The new subsidiary would be legally bound to the nonprofit's stated mission of developing AGI to benefit humanity. And the new subsidiary would cap the maximum financial returns to investors and employees. So it was for-profit, but profit capped. 
and the board itself is still not uh, primarily motivated by protecting the investors. The actual corporate structure is way stranger with a bunch of holding companies and limited liability corporations. And on their website, they have a warning to investors stating, quote, it would be wise to view any investment in OpenAI Global LLC in the spirit of a donation, with the understanding that it may be difficult to know what the role of money will play in a post-AGI world, which, what? <laughs> okay. They go on to say that, quote, principles advanced in the OpenAI Inc. charter take precedence over any obligation to generate a profit. That's some really weird stuff. We've got a nonprofit that owns a for-profit, which is capped at a maximum profit, may never turn a profit, but still somehow investors should view their investments as donations and not investments that return something. It's not how corporations normally work. Certainly not for any period of time. <laughs> no. So despite knowing all of this, the for-profit entity was founded in 2019, and Microsoft saw that, strolled up, and said, here's a shit ton of money, $1 billion, and basically free compute resources in Azure to do your work. All we want in return is unfettered access to all of the intellectual property you develop, and no fees for using OpenAI products in Microsoft technologies. As part of the agreement, Microsoft did not receive a seat on the board of directors at OpenAI and also agreed to leave the AGI-related research to OpenAI. They weren't going to touch that. So this was just regular AI, LLM kind of stuff. People were very, I won't say suspicious, but uh, a little confused by Microsoft's agreement to just basically write a blank check to OpenAI. It actually worked out pretty well for Microsoft so far. They basically have bet the farm on AI being the next big wave after cloud computing. And essentially, every facet of Microsoft's portfolio is being infused with AI powered by the LLMs that OpenAI built. So you've got Copilot for basically everything now. It's getting it embedded in Windows. It's getting embedded in Visual Studio and Visual Studio Code. It's getting embedded in all of the Office 365 products. And I'm sure there's some things I'm forgetting that they're going to add it into as well. But basically, if there's a Microsoft product out there, it now has some co-pilot functionality added or it's going to be added in the next you know, six months. I'm personally looking forward to Microsoft Media Player co-pilot. Those are some visualizations <laughs> I want to see. Is Media Player even still a going thing? Oh, yeah, it is. It's, it's I'm not going to look it up because in my heart it is. Well, since I happen to be on a Windows machine, Media Player is still an app on there, but it's not the Media Player of old. I can tell you that much. <sighs> I know. Deep sigh. Pour out one for the old Windows Media Player. Anyhow, Microsoft's profits from OpenAI, that portion, their investment, that is still capped. But the secondary effects aren't. So they can make as much money as they want off of the intellectual property they're getting from OpenAI and the full access to those models, they just won't make any additional profit from OpenAI itself. It kind of does leave Microsoft in a weird situation, though, because they bet the future of the business on a technology that they don't have direct influence over, and they don't technically own. And the company that does own it actively avoids profit-maximizing behavior, something that is anathema to Microsoft. 
So when Sam Altman was fired from OpenAI, Microsoft saw a chance to shake things up. So that's why Satya Nadella reached out to Sam and Greg over at OpenAI, Greg who had resigned and Sam who had been fired, and offered them positions to do the same exact work at Microsoft, and also extended that invitation to all the OpenAI employees who wished to join them. Remember that 500 of them had pledged to resign. And due to the really weird corporate structure of OpenAI, there are no non-compete agreements whatsoever. And Microsoft has full access to the existing API. So you could essentially just pick up OpenAI, the people, and the model, and drop them into Microsoft as their own new division. And Microsoft was prepared to do that, which is like probably why OpenAI ended up taking Sam Altman back and replacing most of the board that chose to fire him. Like I said, OpenAI has about 750, 770 employees. 500 of them were going to leave and join Sam over at Microsoft. At least. At least. The original board was made up of a bunch of, let's call them high-minded academics, who took the charter of OpenAI very seriously. And apparently they had had a lot of conflict with Sam over the expansion of OpenAI into these for-profit endeavors. They wanted to continue to operate in a way that was to benefit humanity instead of benefiting themselves. Those people are all gone. With the turnover, the new board members include former co-CEO of Salesforce, Brett Taylor, and former Treasury Secretary and President of Harvard, Larry Summers. Which is an insane, irrational, stupid appointment. Uh, I have strong opinions about Larry Summers, but I guess I'll save those for another time. I have no idea why he is on the board, but he is cool. Totally cool. So while the charter behind the board and open AI has not changed, it's pretty safe to assume that the degree to which they pursue that charter will probably shift in favor of profit maximizing behavior, the thing that they were trying to avoid. Now, for the time being, AGI research is still being pursued by OpenAI separately from their commercial enterprises. But honestly, for how long is kind of an open question? An OpenAI question? Oh, I see what you did there. It was right there, dude. Well, I was trying to do that, but I didn't want to make it so obvious. But you just <sighs> had to, like, blunder in here. Jeez, humans. You're the worst. I mean, we're the worst. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, because the other thing that you didn't mention is that Microsoft now has a seat, even though it's a non-voting seat. Yes. That is different than before. Right. Before, they had no visibility into the conversations that were happening at the board level. Now, while they, like you said, they don't have a vote, they have a person sitting at the table, and that person can... Yeah, and what they also have is really sharp elbows. <laughs> <laughs> it can subtly influence things. Hey, Larry, here's how to vote. Yeah, I think it's safe to say they won't be using Google Meet anymore either. <laughs> that would be amazing. If that was somehow also in the corporate charter. <laughs> we now use Teams or nothing. I don't. Is that an improvement? No, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. That was part of the I mean, we probably will never know for sure. But in my opinion, that was part of the problem. Microsoft was like, we are leveraging a ton of this technology. We don't have a ton of control over it. Mm -hmm. That's not good. No. And I and think the fact that the AGI stuff is a separate endeavor, that was not going to be permitted to stand. 
No. I mean, if you look at the long-term prospect for Microsoft, they're baking AI into everything. Once AGI progresses to a certain point, they're going to want to take that stuff and also bake it into their products and services, which is terrifying. We should all be suitably terrified. Yeah. I read Snow Crash. I know what's coming. Oh, God. I have also read Snow Crash. It's not as good as people say. It's You're wrong about so many things, including that. It's good, but it's, I'm going to say it's about 500 pages too long. Well, the man needs an editor. That is not up for debate. <laughs> no. <laughs> Having enjoyed many of his books, that is, that is the one complaint I would have is there's a reason why I listen on audiobook because I know when he hits a certain tone that I can just tune out for 20 minutes and I'm not going to miss a damn thing. Yeah, I got nothing to follow up with that. No, I agree. Well, hey, thanks for listening or something. I guess you found it worthwhile enough if you made it all the way to the end. So congratulations to you, friend. You accomplished something today. Now you can go sit on the couch, fire up GitHub Copilot, and have it order you some tacos. You have earned it. You can find more about the show by visiting our LinkedIn page. Just search Chaos Lever or go to the website chaoslever.cow, where you'll find show notes, blog posts, and general Tom Foolery. We'll be back next week to see what fresh hell is upon us. Ta-ta for now. It's obviously tacos. Well, I, a taco it's a straw man argument. <laughs> Did someone just answer tacos? <laughs> I swear I heard like an Alexa. <laughs> She's still talking. <laughs> Is there a good chance that tacos are going to show up at your door in like 30 minutes? Because if so, I'm not mad about that. I'm just getting in the car. Uh, better not show up along with a dollhouse. <laughs> that would be amazing and weird.